or, as my friend suggested with greater concision, could more easily be dismissed as bullshit. 2. Though the worlds of commerce and art have frequently been unhappy bedfellows, each viewing the other with a mixture of paranoia and contempt, I felt it would be churlish of me to decline to investigate my caller's offer simply because his company administered airside food courts and hosted technologies likely to be involved in raising the planet's median air temperature. There were undoubtedly some skeletons in the airport's company's closet, arising from its intermittent desire to pour cement over age-old villages and its skill in encouraging us to circumnavigate the globe on unnecessary journeys laden with bags of Johnny Walker and toy bears dressed up as guards of the British monarchy. But with my own closet not entirely skeleton-free, I was in no position to judge. I understood that money accumulated on the battlefield or in the marketplace could fairly be redirected towards higher aesthetic ends. I thought of impatient ancient Greek statesmen who had once spent their war spoils building temples to Athena and ruthless Renaissance noblemen who had blithely commissioned delicate frescoes in honour of spring. Besides, and more prosaically, technological changes seemed to be drawing a curtain on a long and blessed interlude in which writers had been able to survive by selling their works to a wider public, threatening a renewed condition of anxious dependence on the largesse of individual sponsors. Contemplating what it might mean to be employed by an airport, I looked with plaintive optimism to the example of the 17th-century philosopher Thomas Hobbes, who had thought nothing of writing his books while in the pay of the Earls of Devonshire, routinely placing florid declarations to them in his treatises, and even accepting their gift of a small bedroom next to the vestibule of their home in Derbyshire, Hardwick Hall. I humbly offer my book to your lordship. England's subtlest political theorist had written to the swaggering William Devonshire on presenting him with De Sive in 1642. May God of heaven crown you with many days in your earthly station, and many more in heavenly Jerusalem. In contrast, my own patron, Colin Matthews, the chief executive of BAA, the owner of Heathrow, was the most undemanding of employers. He made no requests whatever of me, not for a dedication or even a modest reference to his prospects in the next world. His staff went so far as to give me explicit permission to be rude about the airport's activities. In such a lack of constraints, I felt myself to be benefiting from a tradition wherein the wealthy merchant enters into a relationship with an artist, fully prepared for him to behave like an outlaw. He does not expect good manners. He knows, and is half delighted by the idea, that the favoured baboon will smash his crockery. In such tolerance lies the ultimate proof of his power. In any event, my new employer was legitimately proud of his terminal and understandably keen to find ways to sing of its beauty. The undulating glass and steel structure was the largest building in the land, 40 metres tall and 400 long, the size of four football pitches. And yet the whole conveyed a sense of continuous lightness and ease, 
like an intelligent mind engaging effortlessly with complexity. The blinking of its ruby lights could be seen at dusk from Windsor Castle, the terminal's forms giving shape to the promises of modernity. Standing before costly objects of technological beauty, we may be tempted to reject the possibility of awe, for fear that we would grow stupid through admiration. We may feel at risk of becoming over-impressed by architecture and engineering, of being dumbstruck by the bombardier trains that progress driverlessly between satellites, or by the General Electric G90 engines that hang lightly off the composite wings of a Boeing 777 bound for Seoul. And yet to refuse to be awed at all might in the end be merely another kind of foolishness. In a world full of chaos and irregularity, the terminal seemed a worthy and intriguing refuge of elegance and logic. It was the